Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Red Letter, Yellow Letter podcast. Um, it's the first interview that we're going to do. We've got our first guest of season two. The Lizard King is here, Harley found as a guest. And uh, today Hi. we're going to talk about the stuff that kind of piqued Harley's interest, aren't, aren't we? Um, so, so <laughs> Harley, why don't you introduce our guest and uh, let everybody know who she is? A lot of you do know her on Twitter. Yes, she is the Lizard King. And uh, I saw her tweet. <laughs> I saw her tweet like, who wants to, who wants me on a podcast to just ramble about Elder Scrolls lore? And I'm like, I <laughs> let's go. Let's do this. So this is actually her first podcast spot as well. So I'm pretty happy about that. So we're going to be kind of nerding out a little bit over um, Elder Scrolls and whatnot. And then we're going to be changing the subject a little bit. So you... Uh, so, like, I was telling her just a minute ago, I've only played Skyrim. That's it. That's that, that's honestly the only one I've played. But I played it so many times, and I try to kind of change up how I'm going to play it every time, and it usually doesn't work out that way. It's like, no, I'm back to just being an alchemist. Yeah. You know, <laughs> every time. I'm, I'm always a Breton battle mage that specializes in destruction and conjuration, heavy armor, and a mace. That's always, I've always stuck to that. See, so, I tried doing that. I, I created a, I'm terrible. I created a, um, I tried to make uh, the most, like, freaking, like, gay-looking orc as possible, and I named him Throbcock, <laughs> and that was my, that was my, uh, my heavy armor mace swinging, like, I don't remember what class it, but, like, like, what, I don't, I don't remember beyond that. I didn't play it very much, because I was kind of like, all right, I'm bored. I'm going back to being an assassin now. <laughs> so how long yeah, have you been I playing tried- MMORPGs? Oh, uh, over over a decade, I would say. So, so you've actually so you've been playing because because uh, I'm trying to think. So that the Elder Scrolls I've been... kind of like started around about uh, 2014, I think. Mid the the mid the you know just the early teens. So it's, it hasn't quite been around for a decade just yet, but it's been around long enough that uh, you know lots of people play it so have you been playing it since launch i i think i think that uh daggerfall and arena and then there's morrowind i think that they've been around for a lot longer than that though yeah just because skyrim came out like almost my daughter was a newborn when i was playing skyrim and she just turned nine yeah he might be thinking of elder scrolls online or or maybe something like that yeah Because that would make sense. But Elder Scrolls itself, before they became uh, the Elder Scrolls Online MMO, they were doing regular, like, single-player role-player games. And they had Arena, Daggerfall, Morrowind, and uh, then Oblivion and Skyrim. I know that there's others. There was one that was about a Red Guard. I can't... I'd never played it. And I heard it was terrible, so... Were Were they all Bethesda games? Uh, I I don't I don't know that, but I'm pretty sure uh, they might have been. I think that Morrowind was, and I I don't know what year Morrowind came out, but it was it was before it was before Oblivion, and Oblivion came out when I was really young, so I don't remember exactly what day, what date, or what year they came out, but I'm pretty sure that Morrowind is a Bethesda game. Uh, I could, I'd have to check, but I don't think Todd Howard had anything to do with Morrowind. 
I think, I don't remember if he, I'm pretty sure he had something to do. He, he dealt with oblivion and I know he dealt with Skyrim because he's associated with that, but I can't remember all who originated that game. Sorry. I'm rambling. I, I think I started <laughs> playing oblivion and See, that's my problem is my first one was Skyrim and then I started playing Oblivion. I'm like, I'm not, yeah, you can't, go back to it, you know, so I'm like, I'm just not digging it. And I just went back to Skyrim over and over again. The, the only way I would suggest going back is if you get lots of mods and you modify your game for PC, yeah. then it's worth it. I, I, I you. I'm sorry. Oh, you're good. But, you're good. For console, uh, Marwind and Oblivion aged like milk. It's terrible. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I mean, like Skyrim is still a lot of fun for sure. And that's why I played it. I haven't played it in a long time, but I mean, there, it, I have played it multiple times. I I try to branch out and try different races, different classes. I'll usually end up being a different race, but I pretty much always end up like... Some kind of assassin, sometimes with daggers, but usually with bow and arrow, light armor, and um, usually alchemist. And I will, oh, and high smithing as well. So, but I do that to like get more gold. Like, oh, enchantment. I do a lot of enchantment. So, like, I will, yeah. you know, I'll like disenchant like everything new, you know, and and create, and I'll make all the like the ex like the expensive jewelry. Put those like those spells on them or whatever the enchantments on them and then sell it and so that's like a huge part of my gameplay every single time see for me it was a german game for me it was runes of magic which was originally done by frogster um so it was you know uh, and it, runes of magic because runes of magic has been around for nearly 20 years that's been kind of like sold over um, on multiple occasions by various different developers, but it, it, it always seems seems to have stayed in Germany because I actually played the game, I replayed the game last year for a very short period of time, and all of the active servers were German servers. So I'd go in oh and I'd try having a conversation. So all of the speech bubbles above everyone's heads and the global chat was all German, and it's like, I haven't done German in over 20 years. I don't understand the thing these people are saying. But for me, for me in the MMO part, MMO RPG world, I, I always had to be, um, it, regardless of what my race was, whether I was a dwarf or a human or an elf, I always went down the mage priest route. Mage, because I like to keep my enemies at a distance and just hit them with fireballs and electric and crap like that. But then as my second class, I'd always go with the priest because whenever somebody wants to go into an instance, and, and go, you know, looting for some big bad boss. They need healing. They always need someone with that group heal ability. So, you know, I wouldn't have to do anything hard. I would just stand behind the group and just spam heal. So I'd have the hotkey set, group heal, group heal, group heal, group heal, group heal. Just, you know, because it's easier than kiting or tanking or putting buffs on everyone. It's so much easier to sit in the back, watch everybody else do the mayhem and destruction, and just spam that group heal. So that, that's you know, why that, I did the alchemy so much in in Skyrim because I mean you can just make the potions, and the higher your alchemy skill, the better quality they're going to be, and it's a lot lighter because you only have so much carry weight. It's a lot lighter and easier to have like all these like hefty potions instead of like you're standing there, you're up against a dragon, and you're just like, hold on, let me eat like sixteen cheese wheels real quick, and you're you know, and it's <laughs> it's 
<laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like you're just like, st- imagine that you're just standing there scarfing down like sweet rolls and shit. Cause that's all you've got. And yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it takes so much weight. And when you have all that weight you're using it all on freaking like porker meat or whatever, like it, it, then you can't carry the weapons that I need to disenchant and then make more money with. So yeah, that's, that's really why I would focus on the alchemy aspects. I actually, I tried to get into like the mage stuff for a bit and I don't know. I just didn't enjoy it as much. I don't know why. I mean, I get it. I get the charm, but I don't know. I just like sniping the fuck out of people. I don't know. It's like, wow, you're like 300 feet away. I don't give a shit. Damn. One, one hit. You're done. You're muted. LK. Uh Oh, everybody. Sorry. I'm muted for the baby. Sound. I, I prefer uh, to use alchemy to buff up my enchanting and then use my enchanting to buff up my heavy armor in my damage. And I usually do uh, elemental based attacks. Uh, if I'm going to do stuff, I'm usually a fire mage. Um, I usually summon Dramora Lords. That's one of my favorite things to summon. Uh, whenever I played Oblivion, I really liked the Flame Atronaches because they were the coolest and the Spider Daedra. And I actually installed some mods so that way whenever I play uh, Skyrim and I take a potion, it does like an animation for it and I actually have to back up and get away. So I actually couldn't do the cheese wheel thing because it actually <laughs> does a whole animation for everything that I consume. So that oh way it's God. more immersive for me. Yeah. What was the, oh what's the, what was the mod software that you used? Because I, I used mod software with Runes of Magic. You know, so it allows you to do like... Um, uh, key macros and stuff like it just makes it easier to play the game instead of just because for some reason the developers always do in-game controls that people are like yeah this this isn't this isn't working for me and then you find you know some software that allows you to have you know an entire keyboard of macros so instead of having to click menu click sub menu do all right okay now i'll do that or you have to go into your inventory and you've got to go in your backpack and you've got to click on something it's like no I just want to hit a key and do it. So what, what software do you use for that? Um, for, for my modding of Skyrim and Oblivion, I use Vortex and mm. Nexus. Those are the two mod things I, I use. I've never played with a mod. This whole time. Oh, for I've real? never played with mods? Yeah, I've never used a mod. Ever. Oh, God. See, you, you're missing out. You're so missing yeah. out. It opens yeah. up the game. For real? It really, really, I was, yeah, I was I playing my game well, without I mean, mods. I don't have months. the best technology and I just don't, you know, most of the time I'm like, eh, do I even really want to try to, ma-? you know, even just downloading shit, like it takes forever. So I just haven't really bothered. It really does. I was really fortunate that uh, my husband is really good with computers and it's like a nice gift to me. He set up a lot of mods and my game on the PC for me. And now I just add mods as I want to, but Honestly, like mods have been amazing because any house, anything that you can imagine that you would want in the game, someone's made a mod of that. So oh, yeah, I'm sure. I am. Um, I just, I, I've never played on PC because I've never actually, since living on my own, I've never really had a PC. I've always just had cheap laptops. So I've just never really had the power to actually play games on the PC. I um I would just play it on Xbox 360 or whatever instead. And because my internet was always just so low and 
slow and mediocre. I'm like, yeah, I'm not sitting here all day using up all my freaking high speed just to because legit where I am, if I want to download anything on my on the Xbox One or whatever, I have to use the hotspot on my phone. That's how bad my Wi-Fi is. Okay. So like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'll try to even just like updates. I'll try to update. And if I don't have it to the hotspot, it'll go for like two hours, hit like three percent and just give up. And so I have to hook it up to my hotspot. And then I'm using all my hotspot just to freaking get this download. It's like, no, I'm not going to bother. Not worth it. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, because the, the, what, 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 I don't know. I don't know if uh, I don't know if this is what you did. OK, but what I did was I had a separate key. So the first time I, I loaded up um, the mod for the game, that for the MMR, for, for Runes of Magic that I was playing. Um, all of a sudden, my screen just lit up, and I had like row after row down the down the bottom, down the left, down the side that had all my key macros. So I, for, 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 instead of just having the nine at the bottom, which come in game, all of a sudden I had twenty seven, and I could increase that twenty seven by nine for every single time I want. So what I ended up doing was I took a second keyboard, and I put stickers. <laughs> On the second keyboard. So I'd have my regular keyboard in front of me that I could, you know, do the arrow, you know, so that I could move around mouse and keyboard. And then I had a second one in front of me with stickers on. Um, and then, you know, so if I went into battle or if I was, you know, in an instance, I, all, all I would have to do is just, yeah, that, 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 you know, I would just hit the keys. Because it's just so much easier when all you have to do is move around with your mouse and just keep hitting keys. Because... Oh, MMORPGs aren't, they're not that, they're not simplistic. They've got menus and sub menus, and you've got inventories, and you've got the back, you know, you've got stuff in it. Honestly, for me, I would prefer just regular RPGs. I don't mind the MMO aspect of it because I've been playing Elder Scrolls online, but sharing a world space with other people is kind of weird. It's, I've always enjoyed getting immer immersed and being the only character in the game. And also when it applies to lore, it makes sense because the main character in Elder Scrolls is a reincarnation of Tiber Septum over and over and over again. That's what they are. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. Don't worry about it. And um, so it's, I preferred that. I preferred to play uh, stuff like, hold on, I'm going to have to. <laughs> I'm gonna Hold on. My, I, I might play with like one other person if I get the option if I have a friend that wants to join in and we're just trying to dick it around each other like yeah totally that's a lot of fun you know but when it's more than like one or two extra people it's like no it's, it's too much <laughs> See, I, like, I like the I like the aspect of you know um, uh, of, of uh, you know kind of like grouping up to go and like hit an instance so that you can, you know, get because you know when when you go off to an instance to do, with a group of people in an, uh, you know, in a MMO, um, you know, the rewards are considerably better than just you know you beating a oh, yeah. end of level boss over the head on your own because you're like, I just spent thirty minutes defeating you, and that's what you're giving me. Seriously, <laughs> that's all my reward. I and then you'll that. you'll go yeah. in an instance, and it'll be over in ten minutes with a group of like thirty six people. And the loot that you yeah. get is just like, okay, okay, this group thing works. I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you, you go in Skyrim and you're like level 87 and you get to the chest and you open it and there's an iron battle axe of coal. Right. 
that's really helpful, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right? I was like, wow, fuck you too. <laughs> Honestly. That, that just, no, that, no, no. See, that, that just means, that just means the RNG, that just means the RNG gods hate you. You know, that just means you haven't made the appropriate sacrifices to the RNG gods and the RNG gods <laughs> are smiting you. It's like, really, really? 30 minutes? Um, what should we give them? Let's give them something so useless they're not going to want to do this again for another week. Uh, so but don't even take it. Necessary... Just leave it in the chest. Yeah, but if you make the necessary That's what I do. That's what I do. If it's worthless, I just leave it there. I'm like, no, like, I'm like, it's not worth the weight, not worth the carry weight. So, Lizard King, have you played any absurd mods? Like mods that just do dumb shit to the, yes. to the game? Okay, yes. do tell. Okay, so I have a mod that makes my moon Nicolas Cage, and I have another <laughs> mod. I have another mod that when I die, uh, it plays No God, Please No by oh, Steve Carell from the office. In the office, yes. yeah. Oh my god! I'm sorry, but that that's kind of freaky. Um, because uh, I'm I, I'm a I'm a Twitch streamer, so I stream regularly. I stream, you know, several times a week on Twitch. The game that I play. And one of my streamer friends, a guy called Gaming Embers, um, he was recently updating his backgrounds. Um, and one of his background, his background is like a cartoon camping ground with the sun in the back. And we were talking and I'm like, dude, you know what you should totally do? You should totally put Nicolas Cage as your son. <laughs> and he did. And only him and the two other people in the stream know it. So every time he goes live, I pop in and I go, hello, Nicolas Cage. And everyone's like, what the hell are you talking about? I went, ah, you see, only Flair and I know. Because it's, you know, it's just, it's the top, it's from his nose up. And it's that, it's that image of him going, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, the, that's the one I have. That's the one you have. Yeah. And, and it's just yeah. there. And it's, it's, uh, you, if you look really closely, you're like, oh my God, it's Nicolas Cage with his eyes. Like, you know, look, so you've got that on, on, on the moon. And you've got the um, and you've got the mod that see when I lose a battle, I would play the no no no, oh god please no uh, if I lost a battle. Um, so I'm streaming, I lose a battle, and I hit that key, and all of a sudden Steve Carell pops up on the screen and starts screaming no, no god please no. Ah! <laughs> I saw well, this mod. It wasn't for like Skyrim. I, I want to say. Doom, or, but I can't remember to be honest. I saw this so long ago. But they made like all the walls, um, like everything around, like the whole like scene, just photos of Tim Allen and the sounds were his <laughs> Like, so you're just uh, like all of them. <laughs> oh, speaking of Doom, um, I want to show you guys uh, something my mother-in-law made. She made a Dr. Seuss Doom painting. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, my God. I thought it was so good. Fantastic. <laughs> that is fantastic. Let me turn this light off. I don't need so it. So how often do you play? I play uh, every week, at least. I try to anytime I have to wait till everybody goes to bed to play. Mm -hmm. So I wait until late at night and I play. Um, I recently got into playing Elder Scrolls Online and I've been playing that like a lot 
because I'm brand new at it and it's really fun. There's lots of stuff to do. <laughs> I haven't yeah, played no, the whole time. I legit just never had the technology to play like um multiplayer games. Like I mean, like, okay, like I, I grew up where I didn't get a GameCube until like the Wii was well out. <laughs> yeah, that's how far behind my very first, okay, I'm 30. And my first system was the NES when I was 11 years old. And it that pattern just kind of stuck. <laughs> like, I've never been up at the times. I've never had good enough technology, never had good enough internet or anything. So yeah, I just, I haven't really played a whole lot like that. I didn't graduate from console gaming until I moved to California and moved in with James. And then I, gra I graduated to PC gaming. And I can say that after I went back to try to play console gaming, after I'd played PC gaming, it was terrible. <laughs> yeah. It was no, like um, unplayable. I've, I've never been a, I've never been a, when it comes to the MMO um, and the RPG, I've, I've been, uh, PC since, uh, let me see, since the Sega Saturn. So the, the Super NES yes. and the Sega Saturn. I used to play like uh, Final Fantasy and uh, RPGs because those ones were, were quite immersive. But when I switched over to MMO, um, I never um, kind of like migrated to the uh, to the Xbox. So I kind of like stuck with the, uh, the PC because the, the, the first time I played an MMO RPG, like you say, you're playing... Um, Elder Scrolls Online um, all the time because you're new to it. When I was new to Runes of Magic, the first time I loaded it up and played it, I, I'm not joking, I, it was on a weekend that I played it for a straight 24 hours. It was that immersive. Um, and, and the things, saying it now, it sounds weird that I did it, but you know, I, I started playing it in the it day. Happens. And it, it got to like to it got to like midnight, that. two o'clock in the morning, and I'm like, I'm so jacked and wide. I really don't want to go to bed. And then it was like eight AM and I'm thinking to myself, I, I, I probably should get some sleep, but I could probably push through. And I just kept on putting you know, so I, I literally you know, I, I went from like the tutorial to level fifty in like I don't know. Um in literally in 24 hours it's so easy long. to fall into that when we first got the nes like i said it was 11 i mean i was like 14 like hell yeah i just got a brand new original playstation you know like i was <laughs> i'm not even kidding and uh oh your video turned off but um, oh yeah i'm sorry i turned it off just a okay no you're good you're good, you're good. coffee <laughs> no you're good um so when we first got the NES, my, my parents were kind of anti-video game, but it was given to us by family friends. And my mom was just kind of like, okay, we can let them play a bit. So one of the very first ones I really got into was actually Super Mario Brothers 3. And my mom would play with me and we couldn't figure out how to save, but we figured out how to just like switch the channels so we can like watch TV, come back and just switch and play the game later. So we had it like running constantly and late at night, we, we would both be like up balls late, just trying to tear through Super Mario Brothers 3, like on school nights, we both got completely immersed into this like really bad. <laughs> and um, yeah, so if we, and it sucks because like I said, we didn't know how to save. And if you lose all your lives, we're going all the way back and we get so pissed off we're like fuck it we're fucking beating this and yeah no it's really easy to just get caught in it it really is i mean that's kind of why one of the reasons why i haven't played in so long just 
God, I can't remember the last time I played a game at this point, to be honest. I used to play a lot because I had way too much free time in high school. I had way too much free time. I'm talking like literally almost every single day was free because I, I was doing independent study, like at a charter school. I would get all my assignments for the whole month at once, and I would do all of them in one fell swoop, just one day. So then I'd have the entire month with no schoolwork. And I would, I'd go like, I had a, a photography hobby. I had a hand sewing hobby. So I mean, I do other things too, but I had way too much time to play games at that point. And I often did, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't really get into games until later because I had to buy my consoles and my games for myself just due to everything. And so when I got into it, it was like a, it was like more of an adult and young adult hobby. And I got super into the lore. I read books and just like listened to hours of lore. I know so much about the tribunal and <laughs> Vivek and the 36 lessons. And especially when it comes to Vardenfell or Marwin, I know a lot. Like, I know a lot about those people. I like, got I think, like that with Fable, actually. I, I tell people it's funny that you don't piss off Azira because if you do, she makes you Blue Man Group because <laughs> uh, she turned the entire Dark Elf race from a golden, beautiful race into, like, a dark, red-eyed creature race. So it's kind of... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I so don't know very much about the Skyrim lore at all. I, I mean, I enjoyed the game a lot, but like I said, because Skyrim was my first one, it was kind of like, I don't want to go back. Like, this is what's good, I, you know? I was Fable, pretty yeah, helpful Fable in one, two, three, So I kind of got into the, I got a, not su super immersed in the lore, but I mean, I did read the extended stuff and read more, you know, read a couple of, of, the, of the books and whatnot, but um. Yeah, I, didn't I was really I was actually really disappointed with the lack of lore and story in Skyrim. I felt like they really dropped the ball. I feel like they spent. I'm so sorry. He's super excited with his toys. Um, I feel like they really dropped the ball with it because with Morrowind they had an incredible amount of lore and lots of Easter eggs, and it was a very hard game. Mm -hmm. Like you could swing at something and miss, which is realistic. Yes. You know, so it was it was a really good game, really immersive. And if you update Morrowind's graphics or Oblivion's graphics, they leave Skyrim in the dirt. And I'm not even kidding. And I don't know if you guys have heard of the project Skywind and Skyblivion. I don't know. But it's a group of developers that are taking Morrowind and Oblivion and putting them in the Skyrim engine. So they're updating all of their graphics. They're rehauling all of the, the textures and everything. They're redoing it all by hand. And it's a bunch of like uh, basement dwellers, which means it'll get done well. I was going to say, they're going to do it right. Yeah. They're going to be anal. They're going to be perfectionist. And they're going to do it right. And What's I don't the engine know if you they guys, use? Uh, I'm not really sure. I'm not sure about all that. The Unreal Engine or... I would look in. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not familiar with engines. I just know that they're rehauling and that they're putting. They're using the Skyrim game engine and they're putting Oblivion and Morrowind in it. Mm -hmm. I know that's what they're doing. And uh, Rebel Z's is the name of the channel that's keeping up with Sky Oblivion, which I'm the most invested in because Oblivion is my favorite. And uh, well, because Sean Beam's in it. 
it oh, automatically yeah. wins. Yeah. Sean oh, Bean. And, and Gandalf. Gandalf is in it too. Dan McKellen's in it. Yeah, he voices the Emperor. Oh shit. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> Oblivion is my favorite, and Sean Bean is Martin Septum. He's the Emperor's son. See, and this is how I felt with Fable. I'm going to kind of sidetrack a little bit because this yeah. is how I was with the Fable series. So, like, I started with one. Graphics are terrible. But, and the voice acting was so bad. It was <laughs> hilarious. Like, the game was good. It was entertaining. But the voice acting was horrible. And the graphics were so cringy. It was like, God, this is such a good game. But what the fuck, you know? And then we get into, into two. Things are amped a bit. And it's like, all right, this is actually, it's more polished. Like, that's when they got, I'm spacing on his name. What is his name? Oh, my God. Stephen Fry. They got Stephen Fry as... Um, oh, yes. Reaper, now, there's, like, there's an Englishman. That's a, there's a proper Englishman. He voices, like, my single-handedly most favorite video game character of all time. He's amazing in that. And that. it's just like, oh, my God. Like, you literally couldn't have had anybody else better. And I, I can't think of if they had anybody else to that you know, quite as famous in two, but then three, like all of a sudden they've got like, um, freaking, um, I'm spacing on names right now. They had Michael Fassbender. They had, um, they had Stephen Fry again. Oh, you're, you're, had... you're, you're, you're definitely in my way. These, these voice, these actors that do, I mean, you're, you're talking like, I can't think of his here. name. I can't think of his name, but he played, um, beast in the in the in the prequels to x-men he's in that um there why oh my god what's his name why am i speaking Kelsey so bad on me right now or are you talking no. about the original beast no, the, or prequels, the, beast? the prequels not 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 no the ah, prequels, right, okay. when they're younger he's in that um no i know you're talking i know and i know I the actor simon peg simon peg is in it Oh, so, oh, okay, what? Simon. Okay, yeah. okay, right. Hang on a minute. Oh, hang on a minute. I love Simon Pegg. Simon, yes, like, Simon, Simon Pegg is. Uh, um, so, um, there's uh, like just, a one, just one quick. Theoden, King Theoden, the guy that plays King Theoden is in it. Okay, so um, I, I just I before we because we, we're throwing lots of we're throwing lots of names out here. We're throwing lots of names out here. <laughs> so <laughs> I just want to tie tie. I just want to tie off the uh, tie off the um, the uh, uh, the voices. So. So yeah, um, we're, we're talking about. I just want to. I just want to point out to, all, to to you two ladies that all of these voices that you're talking about, these voice actors in these these awesome games and these awesome, they're all English. So you know, they're all I my forgot, they're all my compatriots. I forgot to mention that John Cleese is in it as well. But yes, Lionhead Studios was in English. I actually have a friend who lives in Phoenix, and he actually used to work over at Lionhead Studios. That's actually how we became friends. I. I don't remember where, somewhere on Facebook, I mentioned Fable, and he's like, hey, I used to work on that. And I'm like, what? And yeah, it's been like a decade, and we're still, we're still buzzed, so I mean, that's cool. But um, yes, Fable 3, far superior voice acting. A lot of people give that game shit all around. It's enjoyable. Just shut the... It's a good game. Up. It's a good game. It's a good game. It's a fun game. It's great. In fact, in previous episodes, like other episodes, I, I'm currently in my closet no, I'm, I'm in the closet i'm in the closet everyone but no um, <laughs> <laughs> no um i i switched to my walk-in closet because i put up like the noise canceling foam and everything but in other episodes if you're watching on youtube you'll see i have uh fable fan art posters in the background actually like it's it's easily like my probably my app other than borderlands my favorite game video game series for sure 
Okay, so, so um, have, have we have we geeked out on games enough? Are we uh, are we going to move on to another subject matter? Or are we? We can are we if you guys would like to. We're going to get lit. Okay, okay, Harley. <laughs> what, what what else are we talking about today? Um, I noticed Blizzard King tweeting about psilocybin. And I'm like, hey, you want to add that to the subject of today's podcast? <laughs> and so, yeah, uh, we're going to be talking a bit on uh, medicinal psychedelics. And uh, I mean, when I messaged her about it, she was like, do you see what the government is keeping us from and how it's like essentially like how they're preventing us from actually healing ourselves? You know, and I mean, that's at least that's what that's... I took her message. That's exactly how I've been feeling, too. I've always been very holistic um it just kind of just kind of raised that way um the church that i grew up in very much believed that there's very you can't really get more godly than using what he created to the fullest extent to heal yourself to thrive to take care of your family like in any aspect you know and so that i don't have much history with psychedelics um or drugs and i didn't even freaking smoke weed for the first time until i was like 27 and I'm 30, you know, so this isn't anything that, but I wasn't against it necessarily. I just didn't have the desire. I didn't understand enough of it. And so eventually I tried psychedelics and I, because to me, it was like, okay, it's safe. And it was not being pushed on me, not pushed on me. That's not the right word. It wasn't being encouraged for like recreational purposes at all. It was just strictly like, Hey, you've gone through a lot of trauma in your life. You fully believe in holistic uh, medication, et cetera. Cause even though I'm not part of that church anymore, I still very much hold that belief dear to my heart. So you want to feel closer to God. You want to start working on your shit and getting over your traumas. And so eventually I did. And from what I understand, you kind of had a similar experience, right? So I have, uh, I have trauma from my early childhood because I had a pretty rough one. And I had some trauma in the last seven years. I was brutally assaulted and I was dealing with postpartum depression as a result of all of that. And then giving birth, it did really awful things to my brain. So I was coming up with situations where I didn't feel like myself anymore. I didn't feel like uh, I was feeling enjoyment out of things that I was before. So I looked into taking antidepressants and I was like, no, I don't want to feel nothing, which is what you get when you take antidepressants. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to heal my brain. So I went and looked into talk therapy and it was like, well, this is great and all, but this could be better. Um, and I started looking into holistic applications for depression and discovered that in the 50s, the government did a bunch of tests with psilocybin and discovered that it opens neural pathways in our brain, yep. heals depression, and that it was overall extremely beneficial for everyone that took it. And then they made it illegal and started pushing antidepressants on people. Same with LSD, actually. It's around the same time. that Yeah. LSD, yeah I mean, all of that in general. And that's kind of largely... I, I am... I am still non-denominational Christian for sure. Not, I'm not associated with my old church at all, but I still definitely believe in a higher power. And so I, the past year, 
um, well, longer than that, but it really started in the past year, almost exactly a year ago, actually, because I had a very traumatic episode on July 4th and it just got worse. And I, I swear, I keep saying, I don't know how I survived 2020. I legitimately do not. And, um, I wanted to just, I needed to heal. I'm like, I, I'm immune to most medications. They literally don't work. So I'm like, I need to find something to get my emotions under control. And I have a disorder where if my emotions get erratic, too excited, too upset, too stressed, I'm paralyzed. I'm unconscious. I, it's not safe. I mean, for, for like a week at one point, my right arm was literally just numb, not numb, numb, not numb for like 10 minutes at a time. I couldn't, it was like all of a sudden I just, I just couldn't move it, just couldn't move it. And then I could. And then I could again. And I mean, it was, it was, I, I can't live like that. I can't even drive, you know? So I'm like, I need to heal. I can't just cope. I need to heal this. And so I was just open to anything. And I had a lot of what I felt like were not coincidences telling me you need to try this because the idea was put in my head. And I was kind of like, oh, I don't know. I, I don't really know anything about it, you know? And I would just get these random, to me, that's, that's a big sign to me when I need to take the message seriously. When random people, not knowing I'm considering this, not knowing the full extent of the situation or anything, start all telling me, you should try this. You should do this. You should try this. I'm like, okay, this keeps happening. Nobody knows my situation. They're literally just like, oh, you're holistic? well, hey, have you done this? Well, then you should try. I mean, that's literally what just kept happening. I'm like, okay, so I need to just do it. I need to just do it. And um, yeah, I mean, now that I've done it, 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 I felt the exact same way with marijuana. Once I had actually done it, it was like- it I don't crazy. understand, yeah. yeah I didn't understand after I took it, why anybody would demonize it, honestly. I have like, my own theories. I have my own tinfoil hat theories. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little Alex Jones on this area. But I mean, it was like, I went through it and it was like, oh my God, everything I was feeling already, everything I was suspecting, it's been confirmed. Like, this is intentional. We're being purposely kept from this. Yes. It's a, it's, I, it's, because... it's a, oh, sorry. Go, yeah. No, no, go ahead. Okay. Oh. Sorry. Uh, it's because it makes you question a lot of things. And whenever you're going through these experiences, you remember all of it when you come yes. out of it. So all of these epiphanies that you come to about issues in your life, you remember that. And if it's the issue is the government your brain. and you're a military member, especially that was one of the things that they were seeing tests that they were doing with these psychedelics was that these people were having epiphanies that they were pieces of turd pretty much. So it's, it's just kind of, that's why it's because it enlightens people and it makes people not sad and it makes people feel things that make them question why they're it doing things. Less reliant on big pharma that too on man-made medications less reliant You're less on less obedient therapy. yes and less likely to do what they want and that's they don't like I mean, any how, of that mushrooms they grow in the they grow in the damn wild you don't actually really have to spend much to get them depending you know like but medication that's a big money maker it's all profit it's all profit yeah 
And I think that they said, I can't remember the exact amount, but I think that they said it's 4,000 times more effective to take psilocybin than it is to take antidepressants. And I was like, okay, then. So uh, it just, yeah. I guess you that's why also, because you can take psilocybin microdose and it's very inexpensive or free, or you can pay thousands of dollars, hundreds of dollars out for these pills that make you feel nothing. You just and can't feel just, anything. Yeah. And you're not just paying for the medication. You're also, you're paying for the different doctors. So you find one you're paying for, usually you take your medication, then you got to get another medication to deal with those side effects of the medication. I mean, I know people who have to take like 20 different ones because, so here's the medic, the main one. And now here's one to counteract the effects of that and to counteract the side effects of this. But now here's another one to, to counteract those side effects, and it just keeps going. And so you're paying yes. for all these pills. And then you're also paying for the doctors. You're paying for the therapists. You're paying for, you know, and, and that's not to say that there's not a place for therapists by any means. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's not free. <laughs> it's not freaking free by any means. So you're more well, reliant. You're more, and if and you can't afford it, what are you going to do? If you can afford exactly. it, you're going to go to government aid. You're reliant on the government to get you what you need to heal, as opposed to just literally using a damn mushroom or a damn plant or whatever. Yeah. It's already out there. You know, see, it's. See, here's, I, I've listened, you know, I've, 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 you know, I'm listening to, I'm, I'm surrounded by ladies. So, you know, I've been listening. <laughs> you see, here's the thing. Um, uh, you see, I think you're attributing way too much credit to government agencies here. You see, see I, that, uh, the this way, is what the I'm way, saying. I'm full-ass Alex Jones in this regard this, The way that I look at this is, um, you know, I, I, I attribute more incompetence than negligence. The way I see way. it is the state, the, the, especially regarding this, the state is, it's, it's, a bit, it's become a bit like, uh, it's a social, conven it's social convention for them. And they are 100% incompetent. And it's just decades and decades of incompetence. Because like you just said, if they were sat down, forced to sit down and listen to all of the the science on it, if they were forced no, to listen know. to all it's of the studies all, on it, if they there. were forced to listen to it over and over again, and they were forced to also ignore the pharmaceutical industry... Um, and then cared about it, something might be done. But the social convention for them is, well, I get no money from that. I get money from that. So I'll, I'll just, I'll just stick with the, the no. I'll just stick with the, uh, the heteronormative uh, social convention of pills good, you Part know, of the problem um, is and everything else bad. So I, I think really it's difficult to study. It's really difficult to study. They make it difficult to study. So, I mean, like I mentioned LSD, because I actually I get on my, I freaking have my experience and then, and I get, have like gift cards and shit. And I'm just like, all I bought were books on these subjects. So I'm like rabbit hole going down the rabbit hole. And no, there are studies showing it like it, like completely they conducted studies. Oh yes. They absolutely conducted studies. It's out there. The problem is they make it impossible to do more. There are so many regulations to it. So many permissions you have to get, you got to get permission from the DEA, from the FDA, all this stuff. And then once you get it, you're only allowed like a tiny, tiny bit. You're able, you're not able to actually achieve enough to really do a good, true, diehard study on these effects. And I, 
swear it's intentional. I swear. Like, I'm sorry. I, I would agree. And I, I, yeah, I can agree that there is, there is some incompetence and that it, they are incompetent. I agree. Yes. But I also see this as a malicious thing they're doing because they don't yeah. make any money off of it, yes. essentially. I am in it was, it's essentially people in power promising companies they'll do things if they give them money. And then when they get there, the company's like, okay, so you're going to get rid of that awesome thing that's helping people and put my mean, evil pill in the place, right? That's going to happen. They're like, yeah, dude, I got you. Don't worry. We got this. So that's what happens. And, and it's just that, a that's, cycle. That's what I mean. And, and the thing is, that's what I kind of mean by for, for, for politicians, it's become the social yeah. convention. So yeah. every cycle, every election, on their every part, election yeah. cycle, every single election cycle, the pharmaceutical industry that requires votes and requires supports, uh, sorry, requires support from political parties, go to them and they have these junkets and they have these meetings and they make these donations and they have these fundraisers and the politicians like, oh, that's, so this is the social convention. So I'll just stick with this. Oh, you've got this new pill. Oh, great. Where over here, you know, but but the other people, the people that come up with alternative solutions don't get the looking because it's not part of the social convention. You know, the mm -hmm. bureaucrats, the civil servants that are the engine of government. So the people that run the offices, the people that run the councils, that run the chambers, not the elected politicians, the bureaucrats within the machine are like, Okay, so this is going to be good for the person that, you know, our boss, our new boss is this politician or our boss is this politician. Um, you know, we need to keep the machine going. Um, the social convention is we invite X, Y and Z to this meeting so that they can talk about this. And A, B, C and D never get a look at because they're not part of the social convention. And that's why I attribute it more to incompetence than negligence, because... The the the, uh, the other side, the alternatives, never get a look in. If somebody within government, you know, if those bureaucrats were like, hey, let, let's shake things up a little bit here. Let's not invite the pharmaceutical industry. Let's invite these bunch of guys over here that have been trying to get a meeting with the committee so that they can explain everything. The bureaucrats are like, yeah, but when I leave government service, I want to get a job with these people. So, you know, to the bureaucrats, the social convention is itself, you know, it's not a social convention, it's self-interest. So all of those bureaucrats want, when I get out, you know, when I finish my government service and I want a job in the private sector, the people that I invited to these meetings, the people that I invited to give evidence at these committee hearings, whether they're open door or closed door, these are the people I'm going to be sending my CV to and my resume to after I've done my five or 10 years of government service and I want to earn some money in the private sector. So it's self-interest and incompetence. <laughs> That's why I attribute can I get, that. Can I get like really tinfoil hat for a second? Go on then. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, I, I know I don't really act like it, but I'm actually like more Christian than I act on Twitter. <laughs> I talk like a heathen, but it's all for lulls. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm kind of, yeah, no, people are like, they start to get to know me and they're like, what the shit? You're actually kind of a prude. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> not really. I'm not a prude. It's just, you know, I, I just don't have a whole lot of, I haven't really done a whole lot of, I don't know. But anyway, so because of that, um, I kind of personally, with my religious standpoint, I do kind of feel like 
government, the embodiment of government itself, especially with to the extent that we have right now, is essentially the Antichrist. But like, I'm not really convinced. Because it was coming. <laughs> yeah, it is. I'm not convinced that it's one person. Maybe one person might be a catalyst of some sort. But essentially, what we have in place is absolutely the Antichrist because it really, I mean, that's why there's so many Christian anarchists out there because we're looking at it going, no, this is evil. This is like satanic. And I feel personally like the more government works with big pharma, the more we're being taught, oops, sorry, phone's ringing, taught to rely on them, the more we're being taught to pull ourselves away from what God created. It's essentially trying to replace mankind as the God. And so when I see these, these, um, how, how the government's keeping us away from these natural sources, these gifts to mankind, to humanity that we could be using to repair ourselves and be the best versions of what we can be while I'm watching the government also like encourage immature adolescent behavior, encourage reliance on them, all this. It's like, no, to me, it's strictly intentional malice. I'm not going to lie. If you read, if you read the, uh, Marxist, Marxist theory and you read abolition of family, they're following that. And that was one of the things that Marx yeah, had said yeah. that if you abolish family and the connection to God and your community, they rely heavily on the state and that mm -hmm. people naturally deify authority. Yes. If they don't yeah, the have state a deity. The church. Absolutely. That's I mean, what is voting? Exactly what it is. What is voting? Voting is essentially prayer. Praying. It's prayer. Yeah. The, the, the Pledge of Allegiance, <laughs> it's idol worship. Like, I okay, I'm sorry. Like, I know. Next thing I know, I'm going to be ranting about interdimensional vampires and shit. But, like, <laughs> I've been in this a long time. I've been anti-government for so damn long. And the more I read, the more I learn, and the more I discover, and especially now that I've done the psychedelics, that I've, I've experienced the, the, the naturally, I'm just like, nope, this is just confirming more and more and more and more. Like, all of it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Call me crazy, but... I'm convinced. I'm convinced well, that's what I just got a quick, quick follow-up question to uh, yes. LK. So, how, how long have you? How long have you been um, uh, uh, of the anarchist slash voluntarist slant? To me? Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, a, a few like years. Fun. A few years now. Um, I kept finding that I didn't fit in. In certain places and i would be like well i agree with some of this but i don't understand why you have to do that and then i discovered that well i always voted libertarian whenever i could vote and whenever i was in mock i always voted libertarian and i liked ron paul a lot but i was always like i don't know what i am you know but then i was like actually no i do know what i am and i started studying a few years ago and i was like well there's no point in placing any faith in this system this is Rome. It's collapsing. I don't, uh, I don't see any point in it. So I just, uh, started getting behind it and following people that express anarchistic views and really examining it. And I don't think it's completely flawless. A lot of anarchist views and a lot of anarchists I talk to don't exactly have solutions for everything, but no one does. But I feel like this group of people has the most rational response to things and has the most rational solutions to real world problems when you talk to them. And it doesn't require putting the responsibility off on other people. It requires taking accountability for what you're doing, which is something I really value in people. 
So yeah, I think about, about three years I've been really into it. I, I would say I'm more of a voluntarist and I try not to identify with any, any schools of thought per se, but, um, no, no, that's me. That's me. That's me. All of it. Yeah. I say I more closely align with agorism, honestly. And I, and I do, but I mean, ultimately, I mean, see, I'm an anarchist. Yeah. I'm an agorist. I'm, I'm blah, blah. I kind of just throw them all out there, honestly. Cause I mean, yeah. Choosing well, just you, can, you can, you can find value in a lot of things that yeah. you find in the anarchist community and you can find a lot of invaluable things too. I, I hate that there are people in the movement that think because the state has monopolized something that if you participate in it, that you're a statist, like people who feel that way about like marriage and stuff like that. It's kind of like, yeah. well, you guys are out there, you know, but they're clearly not that enlightened because the, the purpose of a monopoly is to force you into using said monopoly. So it's not that you're choosing to participate. It's a monopoly. You don't have a choice. Yes. You don't have a choice. If I want Um, my husband's last name, I have to do a special tap dance for the government in order to get my name that I should just be able to take. Right. And even if you wanted, even if you didn't want legal marriage, but you still wanted to switch his last name, then you're still looking at fees. You have to, you have to, I I don't know about the process where you are, but I know here you have to petition and you have to come up with like an entire case and argument as to why your last name should be changed to that. My husband recently changed his name actually in the state of California. And, uh, it's terrible. The process is awful. They make you go to like four different offices. They've created yeah. like a bunch of different jobs that are basically See, I just people you in California. Putting, putting stamps on paper. It's yes. terrible. Yeah. Thousands of dollars. See, I, forgot that, I forgot you were in California because my mom, my mom's been with my stepdad for like 20 years now not legally married they're not they've just been acting as husband and wife for that long and so she wanted to switch her last name to his and in california it just wasn't an option it's so expensive it's so expensive and then we were in the middle of like covid when he was getting his name changed and the court system was so awful they didn't tell him when they would cancel they have no they have no reliability. They feel no demand or need to meet yeah. any standards. In Arizona, they actually completely said, like, nope, anything not essential, name changes included, we're not doing it. You're not, you don't come to the courthouse unless it's like an actual emergency. And that included like divorce for a while. I mean, like, and it basically, oh, yeah, no, things like restraining order, yeah, go to the courthouse. Name changes, divorce stuff. I mean, they made everything either literally impossible like they just stopped offering it or they made it way more difficult because they just didn't want anybody to show up at the court office they they even put off custody stuff here i just want you to like consider how damaging that is yes Yes. um i thought about that and i'm in the middle of that right now like custody stuff yeah i saw i saw people standing outside of the courthouse like when we went and we were all standing in a giant line only to be told to basically f off when we got up there despite them summoning us to drive 30 minutes to them um when we we were in line with this woman who had her children with her and she was like crying she's like i need them to cooperate with me in any form they don't cooperate with you they don't care they have no humanity it's just well this is the rules 
And that's how government agencies function. They don't have any connection to humans. They don't no. have any connections to we family see, needs. Is, this is it. That what, what you're, what, I mean, what we're discussing right now adds to my argument that the, the majority of the time it's incompetence. Because it is. to change, to change your, because you're, you're the whole name, it, it's a legal fiction, you know. So in order to change your legal fiction or to create a new legal fiction is required for the government to steal money from you through taxation. So if they make it difficult for you to check, so it's like, why are you making it hard for me to change my name? Don't you need a correct legal fiction so that you can send me your letters demanding money in tax? It's like, and that is by definition, why would they make and it hard for this, themselves? This is why our debt is like it is. And we hemorrhage so much money is because they're so incompetent. They can't manage anything. They're, we essentially live in idiocracy, except the idiocracy is all just in our government. Our people are just under this non-functional. I just can't imagine a person being this irresponsible with their finances and their job and ever keeping it at all. It's just insane to me that we're held to these standards by this entity yes. that can't meet one sixty fourth of yeah. their own standards. Yeah, no, I um, I have been um, very fortunate with because I've been having to deal with a lot of, a lot of legal stuff in uh, the past few months, and thankfully, everybody has been on my side greatly. But yeah. I can't imagine if everything here reared its head to the extent that it has. Um, and like that, like last year, I I can't. I don't think I. I would have been fucked. I would have been fucked. Honestly, you would have been that woman standing in line next to us crying with your kids, like because that's that's like honestly where people are at right now because they just don't they don't have any they don't have any recourse. Like, what are you no. gonna do? No. And some yeah. states require that you you comply with them and work with people that you shouldn't have to work with in order to make like a parenting plan for your kids. Like I get some of that, but some of it's like, I don't understand why you would even involve this person at this point because well, they're, so they're on. Go ahead, go, go ahead. ahead. I was just going to say so many of them are just like, so soulless. Like I, I, I went to um, file divorce papers and I went in there and I had everything ready to go. I had like a brand new person. Like there was literally a sign that said like new employee, please be patient with me or something like that on there. And she was nice, but she's trying to figure it out. And she's looking through my stuff and she's like, wow, you even got everything notarized. It's all in order. This is so great. And she told me I, I had to have, okay. So I had to have the papers served by a third party. Right. And I just didn't know how, I, one of the reasons why it took so long for me to get the file is because we didn't know where he was. And I finally knew where he was going to be at one point. And I'm like, hey, can we have it served here? And she's like, yeah, let me, let me just find out how that process works. So she goes, she asks her supervisor, she comes back and she's like, okay, so it turns out you're going to have to call the judge and ask for permission to do that. And I'm like, really? And I just, I was like, I've, I've never been, to, I've, I've talked to so many people. No one's mentioned that before. I'm like, can you just give me your supervisor so I could just get all the information? There's no middleman, you know, I just know what I'm doing, you know? It wasn't like mad at her. She's like, yeah, of course. She gets there and the woman comes back and she just has this attitude. Like I should have known exactly how this process, she's like, yeah, don't you think that kind of would have been important? And I'm just like, what the fuck? 
Like, I, I mean, just this soulless. I'm sitting there like, bitch, taking 1987 fucking bangs back into the corner. If you're going to talk to me like that, like nobody with hair like that should be having an attitude with me. But like, it, there's just, they're so disconnected. They just don't fucking care. And it's because they get, they get roped and they get roped into this process that they're stuck to because they have to, because it's a rule and you have to follow rules and rules are morality. And this is the kind of stuff that's drilled into us as kids our whole lives. And then we grow up to be these little, well, it's in the rules. Why? No one ever asks why, why does this have to be this way? Why when I watch someone go into an apartment and they don't come out, when I call the police, the police don't. I can't just go in there and get the person. Like if they've been kidnapped or hurt or anything, I can't just right. do that. You can't I have to follow help. this process. It's just all of these processes that they have uh, impede actual justice and impede the actual process. It's just like uh, in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, that mm-hmm. really disgusting race that wants you to fill out all the forms for them. That's what we're becoming. So it's kind of. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. You have the proper form. I'm going to get, okay, I'm going to get kind of stupid, Alex Jones, for a second. I'm not actually saying this for for reals, I promise, guys. I'm not that, I'm not that far gone. But what, (laughs) what if? All this need for forms and paperwork and bureaucracy and stamps is actually a plot to reduce the amount of trees we have on Earth, therefore contributing to climate change. And then they use climate change to scare us and get more tax money and control. Yeah, it's like a, it's a vicious cycle. I think, I think (laughs) what it is, I'll tell you what it is. They have outsourced so many jobs that they find new places to create jobs. Therefore, they have to create entire departments and new rules and new paperwork that you have to fill out to create these jobs to hide the fact that we are hemorrhaging our workforce and that we are now just a nation of service people. Mm-hmm. That's well, what, what we've become. What, what government has, what, 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 what states have done progressively over the decades and, and the centuries is in it, you know, because they're in, because they are incompetent, because the elected people are incompetent, they've created a bureaucracy that just creates more bureaucracy. So you yes. go back, you go back. I mean, you can go back as, as, as early. I mean, you can literally just go back to maybe the eight. You could go back to the eighties. If you wanted to change your name, you could literally go to one office with your driving license, say, I want to change my legal name, my legal fiction. And they would do it then and there with one form. But since that time period, the bureaucracy within has been like, well, you know, this is too easy. Um, um, and we've been told we need to create another 50% jobs. So the only way that we can create more jobs is another level of bureaucracy. So now, unlike the 80s, you've got to go to that level of bureaucracy. And then that level of bureaucracy then goes to the other level of bureaucracy. And then that and level it costs of bureaucracy. And it's just layers upon layer upon layer. And it's just more bureaucracy. Um, and, and it's so it's that just, the, yeah, it's just so that the elected officials can't do, don't have to do anything other than make false promises um, and, you know, buy people's votes. Real my, my husband, oh, I'm sorry, you go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to ask you because we're getting a little low on time, I think. I just wanted to ask yeah, you. Five if minutes. We, yeah, if we could just kind of backtrack a little bit. I want to hear from you how psychedelics have helped you. Honestly, uh, I reached several epiphanies and I had to face 
a lot of my issues and it made my overall mood improve and it made me realize some harmful and negative behavioral patterns I was engaging in and I'm able to correct them. And it overall improved my thought process. I don't know how to explain it. Like before brain when enema? I was panicking. Was it a brain enema? Yes, essentially. I, before when I would be stuck in like a process loop, it would be like, there's no way out. This is panic. I'm panicking. But then afterwards, it was like, actually, there's this option that you could do. And what if you did this instead? So it just opens your brain up to that possibility because you get stuck in these negative feedback loops and you just go around in a circle, causing yourself anxiety and more problems. And the way to fix that is to open up neural neural pathways in your brain and cope and deal with it in a positive manner. And that's been one way that it's helped me. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. Yeah, I, I, when I had my experience, a lot of it was like, my personal stuff was more like, you need to stop fearing because I do have severe anxiety. I like really, I mean, I've been having to get my, my God, all my, all my mental issues, my, my anxiety, my PTSD, everything has been dramatically increased over the span of couple, the past two years, but especially these past few months. And so I've had to go through a few different, just like kind of wellness checks essentially. And they're like, you know, circle this, uh, yes or no, check this, and blah, blah, blah. And then looking at my results going, you realize there's, it makes no sense that you're even still functioning, right? Because Dude, after I filled out my, my postpartum depression <laughs> paperwork in the hospital, they sent a social worker to my house to make sure I was okay. Like that was I, the level I scored. I am currently having to work. Well, I don't have to. I'm um, working with um, social workers just to, because, just because they weren't scared of like my kids and how they were being raised by me. They have no concern about that at all whatsoever. They're just looking at me and they're just like, oh my God, she's like oh, this whole level of traumatized. And yeah, they're looking at my house. They're looking at all the stuff. You know, I've got like, I mean, I do have like boxes of stuff that I've made like around, you know, because I don't really have a lot of storage. And they're seeing it and they're like, you made all this. I'm like, yeah. And they're like, and your kids are so well behaved and they're doing so good in school. Their grades are doing well. Blah, blah. They're like, it's literally like, it makes no sense that you're still functioning. I'm like, well, it's because I've had to, I've, I've always had, I've, these issues started into early childhood. I just, yes. learned I just learned how to yes. adapt. That's all it is. Same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, okay, I, so um, I've I've just got a question. Um, go ahead. Yeah. So so um, uh, just 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 uh, uh, just a ULK regarding you know. So um, uh, I'm curious. You uh, you recognized in yourself. So you know, self reflection. You realized. You know, um, I, I need some uh, kind of help with you know to deal with the things that's going on with my head. Um, oh yeah. How was it that you? kind of where was the what was the starting point what was the catalyst that made you think psychedelics might be better than what you were currently using to help yourself with um i didn't want to take antidepressants and uh i didn't want to take anything that was going to have like prolonged negative effects on me because i wanted my son to be able to imprint upon me and it be a good imprint for him to get. So I wanted something that would help me restructure my brain. And I actually started looking up because I, I was familiar with the term neuroplasticity before. So I knew that through an action of positive behaviors, I could restructure and open up new neural pathways in my brain. 
but I stumbled upon while reading about neuroplasticity some more and reading about how coupled with therapy can be good to help you correct negative behavioral patterns in yourself, uh, that psychedelics, particularly psilocybin, was a natural antidepressant. And then I started to watch videos on it because I'm very skeptical. And I started to read on it. And I studied all these uh, old tests that the government had done and that uh, independent scientists had done where they had given people psilocybin to take for depression and PTSD from war and all kinds of stuff. And it really helped them. And I was like, well, if it'll help these people who've seen combat, it'll help me when I've seen the trauma that I have. And perhaps when I walk away from this, uh, I won't have to deal with having no emotional affect or having severe weight gain or other issues that can come when you start taking medications for yourself like that. So absolutely. It's just the side effects of those medications and then how they could potentially impact even my own children. It's just really, no, I would never. Side effects from the, uh, what was, uh, what was the substance that beginning with S? So, Psilocybin. It's so, so any, 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 uh, any, um, uh, uh, any unintended consequences or any negative side effects from the psilocybin? I didn't experience any negative side effects. And I actually had less of a hangover from psilocybin than I would from smoking weed. So it's just really weird to me that it's not at all used more effectively than it is. And like it's viewed as a negative thing. Um, so, so I was when you aware. Did you research? Did you? Did, I mean, did you? I mean, because obviously, what you you researched because you were skeptical. So you did the right thing. Yes. You were like, "Oh, there's this. This is a possible. This is a potential solution." But you know, I'm I'm not just going to accept it hook, line, and sinker. I'm going to do my own uh, research. So when you were doing yes. the research, uh, were there any? Um, uh, were there any? Because obviously, w- with everything, there are pros and cons. So were there any cons? Or was it all? Uh, or was it just there were more yeah. pros than cons? Some people had uh, adverse reactions, and it also interacted with uh, some medications and some mental conditions differently. Oh yeah, so, so if you have certain like uh, uh, psych- like um, psychosis issues, etc., they can hit you very different. You got to be careful for sure. Yeah. So yeah. it's especially if you're taking stuff like SSRIs. That was something I saw. Don't take psilocybin um so it's like it depends on on you what i would look into it individually and check especially if you're taking any kind of medications but i'm not outside of albuterol for my asthma so i was fine and i felt like i i took at the time a very small amount so i was fully aware i was in reality and i didn't like really hallucinate i just stuff looked like it was kind of melting and I, I would see stuff in, in shadow. So it wasn't was, like a, that was kind of with me. Like when I first did it, I didn't take enough to like full on hallucinate. I mean, yeah, there are a couple moments that I could argue. Maybe I kind of did, but it was not, it was like, um, I mean, I saw stuff if I closed my eyes, if I focused on like the music, in the background, my eyes were shut. Then yeah, I was seeing colors. I was seeing stuff, you know? Um, actually there was one time well, at one point, um, kind of later on in as right before I started like come down from it, you know, 
I am. Uh, so my, 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 I was on, I, I had my pillow and my pillow has this like a uh, foggy mountain scene. Like you see all the trees, like it's really pretty. You know? And I had my hand laying on that pillow and I'm watching my hand, like kind of meld into the pattern of the pillow and it's like deteriorating. And, and it looks like I was like mummifying, but then I would see this, like, tr- I would see my veins, but then those veins would turn into like this tree of life. And it kept cycling like this life and death thing on my pillow. I'm just like, whoa, <laughs> like, look at it go. <laughs> but otherwise, yeah, I was kind of just like, you know, things maybe look distorted. It wasn't like, I wasn't hearing things, you know, I mean, I wasn't like seeing stuff that no, it's just, it's honestly just like, I guess if one thing I could recommend is definitely have someone you trust with you. Yes, when you I was do not it. alone. I was not alone. And no, I wouldn't yeah. recommend, I wouldn't recommend just after my experience with it, doing it with uh, anyone around that you don't trust. Right. Or absolutely. doing it, doing it with certain things uh, in the background. Yes. Don't. I, I was with somebody that I trust with my, with my whole life. And yeah, um, yeah, so I didn't, yeah, I was in a. I know that some people fully trusted and some, some people had bad experiences because, uh, it's just also, it's a state of mind and the beginning part of it for me was really terrible. Like it was pretty bad. It felt like I was being like sucked into a drain hole and, uh, and then I had to like face all this horrible stuff and then afterwards I felt great like it was great and then when everything came down you still feel like the afterglow effect for days after oh god yes okay so like the person who did this with me like took a lot of time and thought I mean weeks and weeks to like prepare me for this because yeah setting mindset I mean like coaching me like you have to feel like this. You have to be, you can't go in thinking these thoughts, the, fearing these things. You have to just accept it. Just like, you know, and so that's what I really try to do until the first time back. It's just like, okay, I'm just going I'm just in here to, you know, get over my stuff. I, I got to hear what I got to hear, whether or not I like it. I know there's going to be something that I got to face. Like, what's the thing? overwhelming, for sure. You know, I mean, it was emotional, but it wasn't overwhelming. Like bad. It was just like oh, it was a lot to take in you know, and it was emotional. But it wasn't traumatic. I wouldn't say it was like a it was bad by any means. Um and to be honest, I'm not gonna lie, a big reason why I did finally agree to trying it was because I kept seeing how much the government was trying to keep us from it. So it was just kind of like oh, get one. like I just had to experience it for myself, you know. I I watched uh <laughs> I watched several case studies where I actually observed men going through psilocybin and experiencing it. And then I spoke with several people that had experienced it. Um, And I was like, okay, well, this seems like I could try it. And I was like, I'm actually really scared about it because to be honest, even though you, you can rage against like propaganda, there's still that remnant of it because you grow up, you go to public school and they teach you this stuff. And there's a remnant of it. So you're like, I don't know. Maybe it will make me eat my neighbor's face. I don't know. <laughs> you know, like, who knows what's going to happen? And there have, been, there have been people, there have been people whose psychosis has engaged when they took psilocybin and yeah. they've done bad things yes. to people. 
So this is why it's like that's that's scary. That was a scary aspect. Psilocybin is by no means like a very unfortunate all. Yes. But it's it's uh it's good for the right people and it's good for the right issues. And honestly, if you have depression, I couldn't recommend anything else more. I I would not recommend uh doing it with a crowd of people or like at a concert. I don't know how people do that, to be honest. <laughs> that would be I've, I've way heard, too heard, much. Um, I've heard people um um talk about um crato as well uh, uh, as a as a hey tom um, yeah uh, i've heard people, yeah um i've heard people discuss that as a um as a good natural alternative to um to mood stabilizations well. too I've yeah yes tried it. it helps a little but to me it doesn't i don't know i mean i i haven't really felt that much from it to be honest but i, I do I have, say... have a higher tolerance to things like like i said i've really barely started smoking marijuana it takes an insane amount of hits for me to actually get high. It's absurd. Like it I was takes at my nothing for me. Oh my god! I was at my friend's house and like I'm brand spanking new to this, and he's like, "Oh hell yeah, I got a new drinking buddy and smoking buddy." So he pulls out his like concentrates and all this shit, and he's just having me take hit after hit after hit after hit, and he's just like, "You just have like the equivalent of six joints. How are you like just?" I was chill. Maybe it, wasn't, maybe it just wasn't very good weed. I had this, like, the <laughs> I had this, like, I mean, this, this was, like, freaking concentrates and shit. And, like, the worst, I mean, he's stoned. I'm feeling fine. And the worst thing, I had, like, this carton of ice cream and it had, like, a champagne ripple or some shit. And it looked like jizz on my ice cream. And I'm sitting there, like, playing with it, laughing my ass off. <laughs> like, that's really the worst I got. <laughs> I I think I think for some people with uh with psychedelics and stuff, one thing that might help them out. A lot of people don't want to trip because, like, I get that because you you let go of reality a little bit. You really do. Yes. And while it's amazing, some people don't want to give up that control. And I think that yes. that's also part of the healing process, though, is that giving up that control. Because I mean, yeah. I don't need to get drunk. I don't smoke to get high. I'm just like. I gotta take, I gotta take the edge off a little bit. That's all I do. I'm not trying to get shit faced. So, so I, that was the same thing. I was like, Oh God, I don't want to lose that reality. Like I don't like being out of control. It freaks me out, you know? So, I mean, yeah, I absolutely had that first. So microdosing might be better for some people. So yes. just taking enough that it doesn't affect you. It just gives you what I would call like a head pet. That was how it was explained to me. It's that feeling, you know what I'm <laughs> talking about where it travels down when yes. it hits you. That's the pet. That's the only thing you'll feel yeah. if you microdose. So that's yeah. a lot more manageable than uh, seeing paintings uh, melt and yourself I, being pulled into a drain on the floor. You know what I, I mean? I, so I'm like, like, I've actually been looking into it because there's actually a lot of evidence to show that it does help narcoleptics. And I have type 1, which means I get, I get cataplexy, but that's actually, I get that really bad. And... Um, so that I, I've been doing a lot of research on that. And yeah, I mean, tons of people are like, yeah, no, it's going to give you energy. It's going to help you feel awake. It's going to reduce your paralysis. If you deal with that, your sleep, I get sleep paralysis horribly. Oh my God. Like to absurd, absurd levels. And, um, that's one of the reasons why I started doing weed because everyone suggested, you know, smoke a bowl before bed. It'll calm me down, you know, 
And um, so I'll do edibles before bed. I'll take just like a quarter dose or a half, or actually more like a third. I do like a third, three milligrams is more what I mean. I'll do like that. And um, it'll help for a bit for sure, but then it wears off, you know? And then I'm waking up and I'm like, shit, it's gone. And, you know, so I'm definitely very curious about microdosing because I got to get this shit under control. It's, it's, not yeah, it's I think. And I, I, I've listened to a few like case studies, like I said, where people have done microdosing. Like I listened to this woman talk about how uh, she cured her depression and her postpartum issues with microdosing psilocybin. And I was like, well, okay, that's pretty cool. But to be honest, when I first tried it, I, I took a, I took a stem and, and a cap. So, so I got pretty. No, but it was my first ever time, so it was right. a lot for me. Oh my god, and, no, mine uh, was more than that. Oh my god! In fact, it was taking so long to kick in that the the babysitter, so to speak, was like, "Okay, this is kind of weird. I'm gonna go get more and like grab some more." I just downed them. <laughs> I, I, I know, no way. Okay. I did pretty okay. Like that was the first time. That wasn't even the scary one. That was the good one. So I'm like, okay, like we're good. I'm fine. Okay. <laughs> I think that uh, for me, like my tolerance on stuff is pretty low. So that was a lot for me. And I, yeah. it took, it took like an hour and 40 minutes for it to kick in, which was weird. Um, I think it but, took about an hour for me. And when it starts to kick in, it doesn't feel voluntary. Like it does it doesn't right, feel like, like you're going. All of a sudden you're not like easy. You're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This isn't right. Things are different now. Like it just sneaks up on you. It's not like edibles where you take it yeah. and you're like, oh, okay, I'm a little, I'm a little more chill. I'm, I'm starting it to goes, go a little bit. And it goes from uh, it's just like, wait, 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 wait. You're you're different. You look wrong. Like out of nowhere. It goes from like, when is this gonna kick into? Oh my god, I'm being pulled there in the brain and the floor. Well, that, that literally happened because I was outside, right? Yeah. And, and so like babysitter. It like goes back in, goes back into because there was a weird noise and I'm still not feeling it. Comes back out and I'm just like motionless, like oh my god, it's in, and and I'm like it's finally kicked in, and he's like. So you were like, so, so you were like uh, Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio in The Wolf of Wall Street, where he's downing, he's downing quaaludes, and it's like nothing's <laughs> happening, nothing's happening, and then all of a sudden it's like, like oh shit, yes, there it, it is. happened, happening, happening. I must we get in my car and drive. Oh my god! And then the sounds, like the music. We had music playing in the background, and like I said, this person went through a lot of effort to try to give me like a legit good experience because the plan was kind of get me to ease into it and then give me the come to Jesus moment later. And so there was like music in the background, and there was just there were some songs that I knew were going to piss me off, not scare me, just like make me angry and i heard this one and there's this weird little voice kind of doing this like no 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 it's like this techno vibe and kind of shit and there's just just that little like na 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 voice in the background i wanted to punch it i wasn't like scared i wasn't like oh my god what is it i was like you little shit i bet you have the so, fucking body and i just got like really irritated at it and i had to i'm like change the damn song this is pissing me I off I did I did something similar but I did it intentionally. So when I was when I was being assaulted a few years ago, uh there was a song playing in the background while I was being assaulted. So while I was on mushrooms, 
I made myself listen to it. Yeah. To help induce uh, an episode for myself. And also to get myself to recognize the beauty in the song because I liked the song. I did similar, actually. I yeah, did similar. I just, the second, yeah. The second time around, I was like, I need to hear some classic rock. And there were songs that were coming on that I associated with my biological father a lot. But I was like, I just want to enjoy the songs and not think of him yes. or bad thing. You know, I want to pull Heal. that apart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I completely get that. Yeah, so I did I did that. I did um I I forced myself to uh to face it all at the beginning in a way and I I knew when I went into it I was like we're going to get this we're going to get this we're going to go right into the the problem. And when I actually kicked off, I I had went to the restroom and uh I watched a being like morph with the shadow in front of me and then bend over and they just like entered into my person and then I essentially had to internally wrestle with them to get them out and whenever they left they took pain with them I know this sounds like insane frou-frou no, shit no like, no I told you my second experience yeah saying like no you're good <laughs> Yeah, so it's just very, and then afterwards I was able to to get up and turn the lights on because I had to turn the lights off to deal with this. Like I had to, yeah. I had to tell my, my my husband who was helping me through this uh, to to go away and to turn the lights off and leave me alone for a minute. And he just kind of was there and and patted me a little bit. Hold on. So so you you girls have clearly had experience with this i've had none i think the closest i got to uh the closest i got to mind altering substances was 2003 when i was in the army i was in iraq and obviously all of the propaganda was weapons of mass destruction so um in the military we we had to take something called naps which is nerve agent protection um so uh yeah um, it doesn't do anything what i mean Obviously, it doesn't do anything while you're awake uh, because then, you know, that that would stop soldiers from being functional. But what it did do was give you some absolutely crazy dreams um, because you would have to literally you would be taking one of these pills. You'd be taking three of these pills like every single day. So, uh, yes. Um, uh, uh, um, but th- that, that's the closest. That was the, the uh, that was that was the closest. Uh, that was the closest so anyway we're gonna wrap things up now we're gonna wrap we're, we are gonna wrap things up now we've had a very nice long wonderful conversation with uh with our guest today the lizard king so um uh would you like to just you know so that people can find find you where you are you know just you know let people know find yourself pimp yourself oh, out. Uh, yeah. sorry hold on let me take my microphone from my son um i'm just lizard k420 on Twitter. <laughs> so uh, I guess that's like all I've got going on. Really, I don't do much. I, I have a Discord, but that's it's just for watching UFC pretty much. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for being on here. I think this is a really thank fun you for Thank you for having me on and, and talking with me about this stuff. It was nice. Well, it was nice to meet me. you. I'm so glad that this is your first time doing this too. So I'm like really glad that we could be involved with that. So thank you so much we for joining We broke your us. cherry. <laughs> we broke your podcasting cherry. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. okay thanks. But, well, for, for those of you listening to, you know, on the podcast or watching on YouTube, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for tuning in. And we'll see you all again next week. Say bye-bye, everyone. All right. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>